It's me, it's me, it's the R.O. Double B mobbing once again with my one dude who isn't a dirt sheet writer right here on Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome everyone to Perched on the Top Rope. That's right. I am the DSH, the dirt sheet hater, Lee Walker, and I am with my host, not mobbing with Alex Todd, but is the former WWE writer, Rob Hawkman. Rob, how you doing today, my man? I am doing great. Nick Khan just called me. He said the ratings on Perched on the Top Rope just went up 10 notches since Alex isn't here. Sorry, Al. You see what you miss? <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into what we want to talk about today, we do want to send our condolences to the friends, the family of Del Wilkes and uh, his podcast family, which includes the likes of Don Morocco, Paul Roma, Brian Clark, Mark Henry, uh, Fred Ottman, uh, all those guys, they're all doing a podcast with a guy named A.V. Klein. Uh, he's a great guy. Unfortunately, a couple of days ago, Dell, who we all knew in WCW and in the WWF as the Patriot, passed away of a heart attack. So we would just like to send our condolences. Um, I don't remember him as Stars and Stripes with Marcus Bagwell in the early 90s. But I remember him during the Attitude Era, feuding with Bret Hart. Uh, great feud. And um, later on, his music would later be uh, redubbed for Kurt Angle, um, which is, which is kind of cool. But uh, I, had the, I got to meet Dell back in uh, last summer at WrestleFest. He was actually there with Marcus Bagwell. So um, he was a great guy, very nice to talk with, uh, very great to meet. Uh, if you wanted your photo with him, he would put the mask on or you could do it with the mask off. He didn't, it didn't bother him. Uh, overall great guy. And uh, he's going to be somebody in the wrestling community who's going to be missed. Yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely had the privilege and opportunity to meet Dell a couple times um, at the big event. Um, he was a guest with Eric Sims a couple times. So I did get the opportunity to meet him. Great guy. Um, and, I, and like you said, I'll always remember him um, as when Brett was going through that heel turn in the Attitude Era and playing the national anthem, um, especially how ironic it's uh, today, July 4th, um, playing that, that American national anthem and then Brett Hart attacking him from behind. Um, and, and we were off to the races with Brett Hart being the, the heel that we've come to know and love. And still to this day. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we just you know send our condolences. Um, very unfortunate, uh, and he will be missed. Rob, when it comes to WWE, AEW, and Impact, they all had one thing in common this week. <laughs> they didn't get over one in the rating at all. Oh man, I think you could probably take all four of them, add them together, and maybe you could get close to it too. Um, so we'll start off with the flagship of Monday nights, because that's when wrestling starts WWE Monday night raw only drew a 1.57 million. That's the fourth lowest ever for raw. I watched the show and to be honest, I haven't watched. You can actually go back to episode eight of Perched on the Top Row podcast where Alex and I had talked about this. Um, 
I haven't been watching. It, it, the product hasn't been that good, even though the McMahons have said that the, the, you know, everything would get better once fans come back. And I believe that Monday night was a good example of that. It was a good show. I was, I was pleased at the, the, how, how it presented itself. We finally had a good Monday night, Rob. This time the ratings don't reflect that though. Yeah, I think the I think the fans maybe we you always see a dip in the ratings in the summertime. So that's that's first and foremost. Number two, um, you know, people have started that that trend of if you don't like it, don't watch it. And I think fans are starting to send a message. They're not watching it because they don't like it and they may miss a good show, um, you know, here and there. But. Um, you know, in this day and age that we live in, they can catch it on a, on a YouTube or a replay, or if they DVR it, they can catch it days later. Um, so I don't always put as much emphasis on the ratings the way we used to back in the day, but 1.5 is, is, uh, not good at all. Um, I mean, there are several replay sitcoms that will draw more than 1.5, um, you know, so that's not, uh, that's not good at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, the only thing for WWE and Monday Night Raw was uh, this week, it was still the highest rated show on the USA Network. <laughs> okay. I mean, that doesn't I mean... say much because like the only other thing I know that's on the USA Network that is like a new show is that Chrisley knows best that like follows afterwards or something like that. I mean, when I was, when I was there, we had to worry if we were going to beat Monday night football and it was either us or Monday night football. When you're talking about trying to beat Chrisley knows best, we got a problem. We got a big problem. The nose has gone down on the plane and no one is pulling the plane back up. I mean, and I agree with you that the ratings are different now because like you have those streaming services, like you can catch raw the next night on Hulu mm-hmm. and, and, and things like that. But, um, and we talked about this on, on a previous show, I believe it was episode seven of the podcast where we had talked that when it, when it comes to the ratings and even we've talked that we think, wwe is going to sell and it looks like it could be nbc it could be disney um i had come to the idea that another network owning the company could look at this and say well the ratings are bad you're canceled Mm -hmm. you know and i mean it, it could happen it could not happen but we'd have to wait to see what happens with you know with the with the selling of the company and and find out who's going to be in charge running it this and that um it seems though that the talks have calmed down a little bit on 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 the the sale of the company well it's it's again it's not something that you put together like you walk into a car dealership and buy a car um you know or or you know, even you walk down the street and you want to buy a house, you probably could buy a house within 30 days. You could buy a car within the same day. Um, Something this large, it's going to take a lot. There's going to be a lot of hands in this. A lot of lawyers are involved in this. Um, And it, and it's something that will, will culminate over a year to a year and a half. It's not something that will happen overnight. Um, 
my biggest fear, the more I look at it, whether it's NBC or Disney or something of that nature, and it's probably one of those two, is going to be they're going to want WWE primarily number one for the streaming content. Um, and then number two, they probably are going to give whoever the team is that they put in charge, whichever company buys them, they're going to give them a small leash, you know, six months to a year. And if you can't pull the nose up and we can't see some improvement, like you said, they're going to cancel it. Um, you know, and that's, it's just business. And that's what you do with, with TV shows, you know, in this day and age, sometimes they cancel shows that we like and love and don't want to see go away. And sometimes there are TV shows that just can draw a lick like Monday Night Raw is doing right now. And uh, you have to go away. So, you know, I don't know. The scary part is if that if something like that were to ever happen, God forbid, Tony Khan is not going to pick up all of these guys. And you're going to see, you know, so many people go under, um, you know, when Vince bought WCW, a lot of the guys sat home because they had WCW deals. But a lot of the guys we just didn't have a use for. Um, so therefore they, you know, tried to scramble around the Indies and things like that. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, you know, earth shattering to say the least, if something like that were to happen. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of those, you know, some of those recently released superstars fans, you can actually go to our YouTube channel perched on the top rope and watch as Alex and Rob played the, where are they going game? That's part one. Part two is going to come out this week with the rest of the superstars. Uh, but we have seen superstars not get picked up, being released. Prime example, um, even before COVID, um, the, the big one, the guys like the Extension didn't get picked up. We've seen mm -hmm. where guys like Aiden English has not been picked up. Uh, Enzo has not been picked up. You know, I'm the, these are just names coming off the top of my head. Uh, we've even seen even recent ones. A lot of these guys can work now, like Kalisto and stuff like that. They've not been picked up. Yep. You know, you're going to see that. Now it's become a thing where there's too much talent, not enough companies. And the companies that there are, the wallets aren't big enough because they can't pay WWE money. Well, not only that, but I also think no matter which company you look at, there's only so much TV time to go around. Yeah. So, you know, take AEW and you have to look at AEW only from the uh, AEW Dynamite scenario right now. The YouTube channels and the YouTube shows, they don't count no. because that's that's you could put that anywhere, um, yeah. you know, and, and they're also not going to invest big dollars in. Let's just take a name, Braun Strowman, to put them on a YouTube channel. They're going to want to put them on Dynamite where they're getting the most eyes. You, there's only so much TV time to go around and the guys who've been in the trenches with AEW from day one, they don't want to lose their spot because Vince decided to uh, chop 32 guys. It's sad and all, but you know, I got to have food on my table and not yours. I mean, and at the end of the day, it is a business. Uh, yeah. We did see some, we, you know, we, in the past, we have seen some come back. Uh, we saw Drake Maverick get released. He came back. Uh, Samoa Joe got released. He came back. Uh, so, you know, there are a few instances where they do bring the people back, but, and Hey, I mean, you brought up Braun Strowman. He's no longer with the company. He's got a figure coming out next month. <laughs> I, we, we, we teased this uh, 
in the last episode, uh, you can find our podcast anywhere from Spotify to Apple perched on the top rope. Uh, we gave the spoiler. Normally we're spoiler free is the way to be fans, but Braun Strowman's going to be at the big event in New York city in November. Braun Strowman's going to be at WrestleFest in Albany the next day. Someone was willing to shell out $30,000 for a weekend for this guy, you know? You know, and that's a spoiler, fans. That's it's you know that's that's what's going to happen, but not everybody's going to get picked up, like you said. You know, there's um, AEW Dynamite's only two hours, and for the most part, you see the same faces every time. Technically, there's, and we're we're going to talk about AEW here in a minute. Um, I want to get back to WWE. We're going to talk about Wednesday night and AEW Dynamite in a minute here. But when, when it comes to all of this, there's not enough TV time. Um, I don't count the YouTube shows just like you. And I mean, that even includes MLW, yeah, Ring of Honor. NWA isn't on cable, but it's on Fight TV. That's kind of like an app, like a YouTube thing. Mm-hmm. That kind of counts. Uh, I am a fan of Fight TV because they, they do a lot of stuff that's great. And NWA is a, is a good product, but you know, if you're not that invested as a fan, do you want to go pay for fight TV? If that's all you're going to watch, some people aren't going to want to. And once you start missing it, you might you don't not care. Want, yeah. You're not going to yeah. catch back up to, to what you missed or anything like that, which is fine. Um, I've been very vocal that there is too much, wrestling on tv nowadays it's on Mm -hmm. almost seven days a week yeah wwe is the only one that has a pay-per-view once a month all these other companies have been smart about it four or five times a year but coming up uh we we have a lot coming up wrestling wise uh in july alone there's like an event every day every yeah almost you know yeah (laughs) you have Slammiversary, Money in the Bank. AEW has like this entire month named every AEW Dynamite like a pay-per-view. And I think that's just because uh, WWE and NXT are doing the Great American Bash for yeah. on, on a TV night. Um, yeah. It's almost we're playing a game of monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. Um, you know, but I'm I, and I've said this before on the show. I'm of, uh, and I've always been of the notion, if I can't pick up my remote and, and punch in USA or TNT or Fox or something like that, then I don't look for it. And, and that takes away from impact that takes away from, uh, uh, NWA, um, you know, it takes away from MLW because there's a lot of shows that, that might be really, really good. It might have talent that I want to see. I love Melina and she's on NWA power. I just don't catch it all the time because I'm not fixated on tuning on fight TV and turning on the app. And I have fight TV. I do broadcasting for fight TV so I can watch it. Um, I just don't think to turn it on. Um, you know, and, and, and that being the, the case, you know, the funny thing is this Wednesday, you were mentioning ratings. I had completely forgot that we moved back to Wednesday because AEW had been 
flipping Friday, Saturday. We had a show yeah. here. We had a show there. Maybe the NBA is playing. Maybe they're not. The NBA actually was playing Wednesday night, but they were on ESPN. So I just naturally they didn't turn it on until I looked at my DVR and went, when the hell did we have eight? Oh, damn. We went back to Wednesday. So it's going to yeah. take it's going to take a minute for everyone to get back on the same page. If we can if we can get the earth spinning correctly. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and uh, you brought up NXT, which is Tuesday nights. Their ratings are in and NXT drew 636,000. This has been the lowest mm-hmm. for NXT since moving to Tuesday nights. Um, again, it wasn't a bad show. It's just, I think there's a big mix of stuff like you brought up. There's always a dip in the summertime. Um, and, and, and I would say even more so than now, because of COVID, people have been locked up, can't really go out and do much. Uh, here in New York, everything just opened up fully maybe a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So, so nobody wants to be inside. Everybody wants to be out doing things. I get it. I totally understand. I'm one of those people. Um, however, I still catch the prod. I, knowing that fans are coming back, I have invested the time to watch. Again, it was a good show. Uh, I don't know why the ratings were as low as they were, but they, they were. I don't know if there was a sports game on or something that night. I don't follow traditional sports for the most part. But um, again, it was a good show, but Alex brought up a good point last week. If your flagship show, which is Monday Night Raw, sucks, it sets the tone for the rest of the week for you to want to watch wrestling. Yeah. And I agree to that. Um, Raw was a good show. So I said, I'll watch NXT. NXT was a good show. But when I heard the ratings, I was kind of shocked. Um, you know, NXT has been one of those shows where it, it, it's anywhere 700, 800,000 mark. Uh, so this is low. This is, again, this is the lowest they've had since moving to Tuesdays. Um, I, again, I don't know if, like I said, I don't know if there was a sports show on or not, you know, for playoffs, but uh, so far, WWE is two for two with bad ratings. Well, week. I think the big problem with NXT was this move to Tuesday. Um, I was never a fan of the move to Tuesday. What I was a proponent of was them moving not from eight to 10. So let AEW do eight to 10 and then you go 10 to 12. Um, but keep it on the same night only because from the standpoint of, or, you know, uh, while it's a war, you can always figure out maybe we do seven and nine, you do nine to 11, something of that nature. But I felt that when the fans were hooked on Wednesday, whether they were channel surfing back and forth, or they were watching one completely and then immediately kicking on the DVR and watching the other, you were watching all both shows on Wednesday night. And I think that was a mistake because like you said, there is just too much every single night to expect fans to sit home every single day. It's just not going to happen. No. And and let's not forget like NWA is on before I believe NXT on Tuesdays now. Yeah. You know, and MLW is in their off season 
they're on Wednesday nights before AEW Dynamite. They're on at 7, and they're on YouTube. But now you can also catch the show Saturday at noon on Vice. But if you've been paying attention to that, the Vice with MLW has just been replaying older shows. They haven't been playing any of the new stuff. I don't know if it's to catch fans up, you know, so they're like, you know, because they see all these uh, former talents that were once part of it. But, you know, I would think that eventually MLW would want to go, you know, have their, their, their MLW fusion part of vice itself and not just their YouTube channel. Yeah. I, you know, time will tell. I, I think we have to get once we, we are back to normal in the sense that schools are back in session. Yep. Uh, kids are forced to have to go to school on a regular basis. Everyone's forced to have to go to their job on a regular basis. That's when you're going to see everything, you know, start to shift the right way, the rating wise. And that's because last year when we had this whole COVID epidemic, kids didn't have to go to worry about getting up and going to school. They didn't have to worry about being home. They could do whatever the heck they wanted. So could everybody else. Everybody basically had a free-for-all for a year and a half or a year. Yeah. Um, so once the, 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 the axis of the earth gets back to normal, I think we're going to see the ratings go the way they're supposed to be. And, and you know, we'll see where the, where the chips fall. And, and, and I agree, because like I said, when they said that live fans were coming back, and, and once they did that, that you would see a difference in the product, I saw a difference this week. I thought it was, I thought it was a great week of wrestling. I was happy. Like it was a, a total game changer. Cause normally I'm, I'm, you know, in our group text, I'm complaining or I'm like, yo, what the heck did I just watch? I can't watch this. I'm turning it off. Um, this week was different. I, I enjoyed watching wrestling and uh, you know, I normally don't watch AEW dynamite and, and I have my own reasons, even though they have sent me interviews. Like I interviewed Thunder Rosa uh, when she wrestled, you know, the, the day of when she wrestled uh, Dr. Britt Baker in the first ever women's main event on AEW Dynamite. Um, the only problem I've had, you know, really since then is I, I've, I've, I've had my own little issues with watching it. I watched this week again. I thought it was a good show. Uh, the ratings kind of reflected that. AW Dynamite drew 883,000 for a viewership, uh, which was up, which by the way, out of all this week was the only show that was up, but technically they're still down because before the NBA playoffs and being moved around like on Fridays, I think they even had one show on a Saturday. Yeah. Uh, they, the Jungle they, Boy show. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Because I, I remember I, I really wanted to watch that main event and it was actually uh, the only thing I caught. And I thought it was a good match because we talked about it the next day. Yep. Um, you know, the only thing, you know, that I, that I had noticed is now that they're back to Wednesday, Wednesdays, fans are, you know, they caught on pretty fast, but they're still missing about 200,000 people, which it is what it is the ratings will go back up. I think for everybody, like you said, um, it was a good show overall. 
uh, I, I, I think the ratings did reflect on this one, though. I think they did, even though that they were still under. Uh, there was a lot going on. And, and like I said, in the middle of the week, you've already had Raw, NXT, NWA Power. So you've already had three shows. Uh, Wednesday nights, for me, are usually the time I at trying to unwind a little bit because I know that there's impact on Thursday, SmackDown on Friday. And if there's a pay-per-view on during, you know, a Sunday, you've got a lot. And, and, and let's not forget Saturday of trying to play the, okay, where can I find ring of honor and what time is it on today? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's like trying to catch ECW on back on in the day. Yep. Network type deal. I was just going to say that. Yep. You know, it's, it's that it's like that. Um, so fans, we actually don't have ring of honor on here because we don't know how they did. Um, again, that's a very hard show to, to catch on, you know, Sinclair broadcasting. It's like, it, it's almost like trying to find a needle in a haystack. It's just not going to happen sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know by me, it's the CW channel, at like one in the afternoon on a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. It's the CW channel for, uh, up here. <laughs> But they don't have like, you remember when they used to have the TV guide channel? Oh, yeah. It's not in there. No, no, it's not in there. <laughs> you could just watch that thing, just scroll, and, and yep. it would show you a block from one time to one time, and they would have all the different networks, and you're like, oh, okay, uh, I'm looking for this. And then you're just sitting there watching, waiting it to go through all the, you don't get that anymore now. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't even populate in direct TV either um you know direct tv has the guide and you can you can go days at a time to read the guide the same way the scrolling guide with the tv scrolling guide um yeah. would do and they don't have ring of honor listed it's listed actually as paid programming so you don't know it's listed down here as paid programming so you don't know if you're going to watch uh, an infomercial for the new wave oven for an hour where that that blonde dude is still trying to make the crispy chicken or if you're going to get ring of honor so <laughs> Oh. It, it, it down here it's it's a crapshoot it could be the shark vacuum which is a very good vacuum i've got 13 dogs i i, I use it all the time but uh yeah i, I don't know if it's going to be the ring of honor tv show yeah you know it's um it, it's pretty wild you know um it's one of those you should have a better tv deal type things but <laughs> but if you own the tv wait a minute yeah. <laughs> wait there a you minute go. you can't you can't blame the network for that one when you own it yeah you really can't that that's that's on them literally like yeah you want to know how you sabotage a company that that, that you have do it by the do. network yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man uh you got the ring of honor interviews yeah yeah <laughs> i might have to retract that statement <laughs> <laughs> um I mean, it is what it is. It's just, it's a very hard product to catch, but when you do, it's, it's a pretty good product though. I I've always, I've enjoyed watching it and, you know, I've always enjoyed uh, Mark Crisco when he, you know, would send interviews with guys like PCO or Joe Hendry and uh, Jonathan Gresham and stuff like that. But um, they got their work cut out for them. They, I don't know if it's, a money issue or or 
disorganized or, or what it is. I, I mean, they've had issues in the past where people who are running the company, the text messages got out, bad mouth, mouthing their own talent and stuff. Like, uh, it's not a good look, but now. Um, I, and I hope Ring of Honor is one of those ones that, you know, I, I want them to make it. I've always, I've always enjoyed the product. You know, they were one of the ones that when AEW came about, I said that the two companies, aside from the independents that were going to get hurt the most, would have been Impact and Ring of Honor. Well, AEW is working with Impact. Mm-hmm. Ring of Honor got hit hard. They got hit hard, you know, and they've they've almost been like left in the dust in this whole wrestling thing. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but they didn't even do shows when everybody else kind of was like, listen, we can't have fans. We're going to do an empty arena. Hey, we can do the, 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 the uh, Thunderdome. We still can't have fans. Uh, AEW spaced out the fans. They had maybe 500 over at Daly's place. Everybody tried to do the best they could. Impact is still taping uh, empty shows with nobody in it. Um, yeah. But Ring of Honor almost like just didn't care. They kind of just used the pandemic as an excuse to shut down, um, you know. And that's that's how I'm looking at it. Is they 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 you know some companies some companies and one thing I'm learn I'm I'm seeing a lot down here in Florida. A lot of people are using this pandemic as an excuse to either not go back to work or close down a business that you were struggling with or whatever the case may be scrap it and you know and 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 you know the government has made it easy enough for you to to do such a thing um so i i think ring of honor is kind of falling into that category where they're using the pandemic as an excuse to just scrap the product um and maybe they scrap it and and rebuild it but they're the only ones to my knowledge that really didn't do anything um i know nwa shut down for a little while but then they picked it back up taping and things like that but ring of honor just didn't do anything yeah no ring of honor um because right before like they sent us joe hendry during the pandemic last year and they were paying their talents for the dates that they had already had booked during the pandemic. But after that, I don't think talents were getting paid. They paid them for their appearances that they were supposed to have, but ring of honor did what NWA did. We'll be back Mm -hmm. back, you know, um, and there was no way of trying to stay relevant either. I noticed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, you know, they were on social media and stuff, but you got to find a way to stay relevant. Like they could have had some sort of closed matches that they aired, maybe just on social media, or uh, you know, through Twitch or some sort of streaming services like that, like YouTube and stuff aired old episodes or old matches to, you know, keep fans intrigued or interested. Even something as simple as, Hey, do us a favor. We can't do matches, but we'll try and keep up with storylines, cut some promos, do this, do anything. Um, 
I assume, you know, I, I assume some of the wrestlers in that company, their wallets were hurt quite a bit and, and everything, but. Well, I, and the other thing is too, you know, when, when states like Florida, for example, uh, enabled pro wrestling, <laughs> how that ever got through cash on the <laughs> side, but um, thanks Ronnie D. Um, when they became essential workers, Daly's place in Jacksonville, Florida was able to do AEW. WWE was able to do Raw, SmackDown, NXT. Ring of Honor could have relocated for the time being to a location in Florida, even if they rented a VFW hall all to themselves for empty arena shows and had tapings. Yeah. You can't tell me when everybody else was trying to find a way to do things that there wasn't a way to do things because there was um, certain states, Florida, Texas, things like that. They made it able for you to, to do things if you wanted to ring of honor just didn't seem like they wanted to. Yeah. And it's a shame. Cause like I said, I think it's a good product, but um, I, like I, said, I don't know if it's a, if, if, if it's a money issue or it was a lack of interest with the product and the company itself by, by, you know, Sinclair broadcasting or what, but um, now they're trying to play catch up. Now they're trying to play catch up and it's a very hard thing to play catch up now. Well, maybe with the, the, you know, New York, Philadelphia, New Jersey area that's been on lockdown, probably harder um, than just about any other place. Once Ring of Honor gets up and running, uh, if they keep it to that area, I think, you know, the fans are going to come out in droves uh, because they've been they've been locked down the most. Um, you know, it's it's it down here we've been spoiled in, with this in the sense that you could have gone to an NXT show and you could have gone to an AEW show. Um, and I think that's reflective in the ticket sales that we're having here with WWE and AEW in Miami, Orlando, Tampa, uh, and Gainesville. They're not moving as fast as I think Madison square garden hasn't even gone on sale yet. And they're basically counting it as a sellout. So there's a big difference, um, you know, and I think, and, and hey, uh, AEW just announced they're going to be in the uh, Arthur Ashe Tennis Center. Um, you know, if they can blow that out. Whew. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, you, know, you brought up the, the, the Pennsylvania area. Next week, MLW has uh, an event at the old ECW arena, the 2300 yep. arena, and that is sold out. It, yep. And it's been sold out for a couple of weeks now. Yeah. It's been, yeah. You know, and, and so if they, you know, if, if ring of honor was smart, they'd come up to the Jersey, New York PA area and, and, and run a series of shows. Cause they'll sell a lot of tickets. Yeah. I'm from, I'm from New York, man. We've been, we've been cooped up and, and um, Northeast wrestling has announced some dates uh, like August 14th and 15th, I believe they're in Poughkeepsie, New York, and they're bringing some great talent from AEW, like Matt Hardy, Private Party. They're bringing talent from Impact and things like that. So um, tickets, I believe, have already been on sale, and they're, and they're doing phenomenal. Independent shows. Uh, there, there's one here uh, in Binghamton, New York, Excite Wrestling. 
uh, August 20th, they've already got the first three rows sold out. 2CW, originally based out of Syracuse, New York, uh, they had a, they were supposed to have a reunion show in 2020. Tickets were sold out. It was just impossible. You just it, it's that great of a show. Now they moved it to they moved it a few times because of COVID and everything, and now it's like it's in October coming up, and that show is still sold out. Yeah, people didn't want to let their tickets go. You don't. I got tickets. I was on right away, and I I didn't get front row. I didn't get second row. I ended up with third row. And I mean, I was right there. Like, and and by the time it got to me third it was third row or or you can move back and, I was, and that's and that's third. that's great for the business you know yeah. that's that's awesome to hear um you know from a from a uh, wrestling as a whole perspective that's that's great for the business i love to see independent shows and things like that um where they're selling out because the more they sell out, hopefully, the the more they're putting back into the in, into the company to do more shows and and you know do more for the fans. So yeah. I, I I love hearing that, and that's that's awesome. And I I definitely want to give a big shout out to Excite Wrestling, which was an independent home for newly found NXT wrestler Joe Gacy who just appeared in the NXT breakout tournament uh, this past week. So way to go, Joe. Keep it up, man. There you go. Joe's the way to be. And, uh, you know, so I've always been a big fan of the independent scene because the independent scene is where you see these guys come up and then they move on to bigger and better things. And um, I was always afraid that with AEW that the independent scene was going to take a huge hit. And... Um, I think the, the, the best thing that AEW is doing is the fact that, yes, they have all these independent stars for their Monday night show and their Tuesday show for the YouTube series stuff. Uh, and those guys can still go out and, and do things, which is, which is really nice to see. And, and speaking of uh, AEW, I want to – someone recently made a post that I saw – if you count those talents, AEW has a hundred over a hundred. One twenty-seven on the roster. One twenty-seven. That's that goes back to what we were talking about as far as when these guys get released. There's not a lot of checks to to be written for these guys when you got one hundred twenty-seven other guys and there's only so many people you could put on a show. Yeah, you know. So so the thing is, if AEW picks up a Braun Strowman or a Kalisto or one of these former WWE guys, you're paying at least 400, 500,000 guaranteed. I mean, that's even like Kalisto because prime example, when Matt Cardona left WWE, AKA Zack Ryder, he was making half a million a year, you know, and and that's a, a lower mid card guy. But he'd been with the company since 06, 07. You know, he was an edgehead first. You know, so he'd been around for a while. Um, but then when you look at that, how many how many people does that take away where 
AEW says, hey, I know we had you on uh, AEW Dark or, you know, the, the other YouTube show that they got, but uh, we don't need you anymore. Yeah. How many guys did they cut for that one person? Probably quite a bit. Yeah, because I don't, I, I wouldn't imagine the AEW Dark and the and the other show like you're talking about uh, having too many high priced talent on there. So you're gonna have to chop a lot of them to get up to a half a million, and that's yeah. for a mid card guy. Braun Strowman isn't taking a half a million dollars. No, he he was he was a seven figure guy for WWE, hundred percent. There, there's just, I mean, that's what it is. Um, Anyway, uh, we go from Wednesdays to Thursdays. Thursdays brings us AW Impact, uh, which you can watch on their Twitch channel or you can watch on Access TV. I don't have the Twitch numbers. I have the Access TV numbers, and they drew 124,000 viewers Thursday. Hey, um, I was one of those just to see Tennille Dashwood. Yeah. I mean, after that, the show got turned off, but <laughs> impact, don't put her on second. You'll lose a lot of viewers. <laughs> no. Um, impact is one of those shows that I have felt has been doing better than WWE. I, even for a while, when I actually stopped watching AEW and I said, the only way I'm watching AEW is if it's part of the impact show type deal. Mm-hmm. Um the whole thing with impact in AEW though has kind of like left me a little mind boggling. Um, when we were first doing these shows, Alex and I had the impression and thought that slow and steady wins the race with the talent exchanging. We felt that it was going to be slow at first, just Kenny Omega. You know, and then you knew that they were going to add Gallows and Anderson. Um, Matt Hardy and Private Party was a little shocker. However, we have been hoping that there would be more talent involved with the exchange. However, we've seen that Impact also added some New Japan Pro Wrestling guys into the mix, which, you know, might have played a factor in the exchanging of talents. But I was kind of hoping that you would see a AEW versus impact type pay-per-view um, hoping for like a world war three WCW type battle Royal scenario. I don't know if slow and steady wins the race is working now. Um, I have seen where moose did an interview recently as he re-signed with Impact Wrestling. Um, He had even said that he expected and thought that there would be more talent exchanging, uh, more AEW guys to Impact, more Impact guys to AEW. And we're not really seeing that, though. We're seeing them just stick to the, 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 the main roster big people like the Kenny Omega with Don Callis and and gallows and anderson um we're we're not seeing as many and i think it's kind of losing fans a little bit well and i said i said way back when we talked about it 
uh, a time or two. Ego is always going to play a huge factor in, in these relationships that they, they claim to have. You know, back in the day when Sonny Ono would broker a deal between New Japan and WCW, there was an understanding that it was going to be a give and take. We're, we've, we already saw when Sammy Guevara went over to Impact Wrestling, there was no give and take. It was, I don't want to do it, and I'm going to go home now. Um, so, the, and, and I'm sure some of the, the bigger impact guys would feel the same way. Um, if, if, you know, told to go over to, to, um, AEW dynamite and, you know, lose a handful of times when they feel they're over, everyone wants to feel that they're over. Um, but you, the, it's more important to get over than it is to go over. And a lot of that is lost uh, with a lot of the talent today. Um, and that's, that's, that's why a talent exchange or a, a relationship, if you will, it's, it's very difficult to, to, to have. And that's also why WWE really doesn't have it. WWE stance is if we see somebody that we want, we'll just go buy them. We don't need to make an exchange with AEW because eventually your contract's going to be up and I'll throw more money at you than he will, or I'll give you something that he's not. Yeah, and, and I mean, at first I thought it was going to be a great concept, and and uh, we had even you know uh, did an interview with you before you became the host of the show when we talked about this stuff that working relationships end up not working, mm-hmm. you know, and history has shown that, and, and your your examples with WCW New Japan especially when Vince Russo was like made some comments he shouldn't have. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, then, and then he really severed the relationship after Sonny Ono had left and they were, and, and new Japan pro wrestling was still working with WCW because they had sent juice and thunder Liger over mm-hmm. uh, and Juventud Guerrera wins the IWGP uh, uh the, the junior heavyweight championship. I had a brain fart there. I'm sorry. Um, obviously, New Japan wasn't happy because the next week, Juice and Thunder Liger got the championship back. But it was weird. Juventud got injured, so Laparca had to defend the championship. <laughs> Instead of just saying, hey, I'm injured. Here you go. Here's your belt back. They they still made the match with just another wrestler. Yeah. And, that, and that kind of took away from the championship. And um, I believe after that, you did not see New Japan send anybody back to WCW. And I also believe that was the time when you didn't see Scott Norton, um, uh, Buff Bagwell, and the fake NWO sting, Jeff uh, Farmer, Farmer uh, end up going back to To Japan Japan to be part of the New Japan NWO. And really, Scott Norton was one of the bigger leaders of that, and he was a big name over in New Japan. Um, it's just an, a very unfortunate circumstance uh, how things have played out, and history's kind of repeating itself here. Like a prime example with, with Impact Wrestling, aside from the X Division Championship and I think the Women's Tag Team Championships, they were the only ones that, oh, and maybe they're, they're, they're knockouts champion. 
but their their two biggest titles, their their men's tag team and their heavyweight champion are held by guys in other companies, Kenny Omega <laughs> and AEW. At the time, uh Fit Finley's son, Dave Finley, and uh was it was it Juice Robinson, maybe? No. Who who's his tag team partner? I don't remember who his tag team partner was, but they ended up winning the the Impact Tag Team Championships. You know, so uh Rob, from your point of view, like does that make Impact look weaker that their own people aren't holding their belts? Most definitely. And 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 not only that, but if you take a look at the way Kenny Omega um really doesn't even care to display the impact title even when he's on impact he's pushing the aw title more than he's pushing the impact title and he's on the impact show if i'm using you to to put over my brand um and where we've got this co-marketing thing going on then when you're on aw fine the tna title can be behind you but when you're on tna or impact then the impact title is first and foremost, and the AEW title is, is, you know, behind your back. Um, you know, he, he, he's, he's, he's not a, a, a very good marketer. Um, and whoever is, is guiding him in that premise is doing a very poor job as well. But again, if impact's not going to step up and say anything, then who's at fault? Yeah. Well, how about the first week that, Kenny Omega wins the Impact Championship. And, you know, you're going to see him on AEW Dynamite. He's not even holding the Impact Championship. He's got some crony behind him, and it's around the guy's waist. Yeah. Like, I didn't even know who the guy was. If I was, <laughs> I would have been mad. Yeah. Yeah. You know? like, I would have been like, I don't know who that guy is. Why is he holding our championship? Why isn't it on Kenny's shoulder? Yeah, the days of, of the titles having such prestige, I think, are so gone. Um, and it's sad because uh, that, 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 the title should mean something instead of now we're using the, the title should be getting the guy over, not the guy getting the title over. And, and it's, it's, Kenny is just doing such a poor job. And, and, and it's not Kenny's fault. It's not Kenny's fault. Kenny needs to be guided. This is a this is a TV show. This is like a movie. This is this is film and this is entertainment. You are you are directing this program. You are producing this impact program. You have to guide Kenny and tell Kenny you're putting the impact title around your waist. You're going to make a big deal about the impact title because you're on impact. Wednesday night, you may be on uh, AEW. You put over the AEW title, but tonight you're putting over the Impact title. He's got to be guided that way. I, you know, it's it's not Kenny's show, so it's not up to Kenny to to make the marketing decisions for you. You should be doing it for him. I am so glad that you worded that the way you did because I've been thinking a lot about that lately. When it comes to professional wrestling championship belts are like finishing moves they almost don't matter anymore yeah how many times do you watch a wrestling match and especially on pay-per-view you hit a finishing move it should be one two three no they kick out they were you do a move they reverse it you hit them with the finisher again they kick out again Mm mm-hmm 
back in the day, championships and finishing moves were the two biggest things that made professional wrestling kind of what it was. I mean, aside from the promos and the matches itself, those were the two biggest things that you kind of took away was somebody's finishing move and what belts did they hold or yeah. are they currently holding? Like now it almost doesn't matter. Kenny's got all these championship belts and, and people have cooled off with the whole AEW impact thing. You know, but, and I don't want to take away from that match that he had with Jungle Boy, but how many finishing moves did you see? Saw a lot. Yeah. You know, again, it was a great match. I was pumped. I loved it. But a finishing move is a finishing move because it's called a finishing move and it's supposed to be the end of the match when you hit the finishing move. I am totally cool if you kick out once or something like that to make that magic moment. But when you're kicking out two, three, four times in a match, what am I going to see as the finish? I'll roll up. Yeah. Well, and, and here's, and here's the, the, the other thing too, not to jump ahead, but SmackDown had a, a, uh, a 10 count match between Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. And the finish to that was Kevin Owens power bombing, Sami Zayn through the announce table, picking him up, power bomb slash buckle bombing him off the edge of the ring, picking him up, and then putting him through the double tables. Yeah. All in one shot to finally get that 10 count. Yeah. So if we have to go back for whatever reason to have another match with these two, he basically is going to have to stab him and gut him to death in order for Sami Zayn to stay down. Or yeah, for us exactly. to have a finish. And, you know, and, that, and that's some of the stuff that I'm talking about. You know, and, and, you know, a lot of wrestlers, as they evolve, they end up changing finishing moves. Their original finishing move becomes a signature because people have kicked out of the finishing move so many times. Kevin's Owens' own finisher isn't even a pop-up powerbomb anymore. Now he's using uh, the, the stunner. And However, before- he uses the stunner, but no one hardly ever kicked out of Stone Cold's stone called stunner so is kevin owens doing it wrong yeah is he not as devastating as steve austin he's certainly twice the size of steve austin should be able to deliver it a lot harder and heavier and you know who else they didn't kick out of they didn't kick out of disco inferno's chart buster (laughs) hey wait if you want to take it a step back they hardly ever almost never for years and years and years ever kicked out of the hulk hogan leg drop <laughs> but I mean, during that time, anyone else who dropped a leg drop, it didn't matter. You're it didn't out. matter. Hulk had that bionic leg. Yeah, he must have had a he must he must have had a knee redone while in WWF in the middle of his huge push. Because remember, Lex Luger, he had that metal forearm. He did. He did. <laughs> maybe maybe uh, Hogan had a metal plate in the back of it in the bottom portion of his leg, so when he dropped it, it just took the wind out of you. Like when Bret Hart wore the metal plate, the metal plate, the chest plate for Goldberg. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, but you brought up SmackDown. So let's, let's get into SmackDown a little bit. Cause some, you brought up that one interesting point that, that we were making when it comes to uh, finishing moves and kicking out and everything. SmackDown did 1.741 million viewers, uh, which is down for SmackDown because they usually hover around one, 199, 2 million mark little over 2 million, sometimes uh, 2.1. They're doing better than the flagship show, uh, which 
to me has been interesting because they've only had now they've only got five six women on that whole roster for SmackDown, uh, but they did do uh, some interesting dark matches. Uh, we saw Tony Storm in a dark match, and uh, there was another NXT woman who had a dark match as well. Uh, SmackDown just has. I just want to say I think better matches. Maybe I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because they're they're not three hours; they're two hours. Um, maybe it's the show that people are pre-gaming to before they go out. I I mean, I enjoyed SmackDown. Um, well, I don't. Know, what's your take on it? What What's your take that the SmackDown's doing better than Raw? I I. I definitely agree. The two hours is better. Um, I I gotta give them their 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 stories and their characters are a lot more intriguing um, and follow followerable if that's a word. Um, I I enjoy watching Roman Reigns. I enjoy watching Roman Reigns. I enjoy watching Jimmy and Jay Uso. Um, you you can never ever ever go wrong with Paul Heyman. Um, the girls that they have or the women that they have on, on that show, while there may not be many of them, they're very good. The ones that they do still have are very good. Um, exceptional, if you will. Um, you know, Kevin Owens is great. Sami Zayn is great. Um, I'm a little, I love Shinsuke. I love the fact that he's getting somewhat of a push now. Um, but I'm a little lost on where we're going with Baron Corbin. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's a couple things here and there, but I guess you got to have a little bit of a give and take every single, you know, even, even, uh, you know, back in, back in my day, <laughs> I, I always hate using that. I sound like an old guy, but back in my day, we didn't hit a home run on every single segment. Um, you know, so I, I don't know where they're going with Baron. I'd like to know. Um, I'd like to know what the fascination with Rick Booz is. Um, I, I, I think he's hilarious, but I just don't, I don't know what the fascination is with him. Um, and, and Pat McAfee, who I love to death, he is freaking phenomenal. Um, and, and the one thing I love about Pat, if you ever watch SmackDown off to the corner where the announce table is while the action is going on. And he's the only one I've ever seen do this. And for any commentator, he actually gets up and he almost is like getting in the, the action. Like he wants to get up close and personal in the action. I, I, I get a kick out of it. I think he brings so much life and energy to it. Um, you know, and, and also I guess they're allowed to say certain uh, words now on TV. He got away with with saying something. I forget what he said, but he did. He I don't want to call it a curse, but he he definitely was not using broadcasting uh, lingo, if you will. Um, a little colorful language. Little colorful language uh, when it came to to one of the segments. Um, but that's that's the energy that Pat brings, and I think that that's awesome. Um, you know, and and if I'm Vince McMahon. I'm, I'm probably in the back laughing and, and thinking he's bringing a lot to the table because I think he does bring that energy. He definitely keeps me uh, involved and entertained. He's no Bobby to brain Heenan, but 
he's he's extremely entertaining. I have to agree with you a thousand percent. One of the things that really draws me in to watch wrestling is commentary. Oh, absolutely. Um, Raw is a little lacking. I, I still don't have a feel for this new UFC Bellator guy that they, they've brought on. Um, and the banter between Corey Graves and uh, who's the other commentator there? Byron Saxon. Byron Saxton, yeah, Byron. The banter when they get like almost kind of like you can't tell if they're like if they're they're real life ready to go at it or if it's a shoot. But I get to the point that I'm like Saxton sometimes acts like a baby, and Graves just like rips into him, and I'm yep. like, yeah, you know. And I like when Graves rips into him, um, and. and it's, it's just kind of one of those Saxon, you, you're trying to get a feel of who's trying to be the heel. Corey comes off as more of the heel, but then Saxon will say something. He's always for the good people, the good guys and this and that. But then when the banter starts, you can't tell which is which almost. And I also think a three man booth is a little too much. Um, yes. You know, part of the thing that makes commentary so special is, um, you fall in love with a, with a commentary team for so long. Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler. Uh, Gorilla Not Monsoon and Jesse the Body Ventura. Vince McMahon and Jesse the Body. You know, know. You, you, had, you had guys that you fell in love with that when all of a sudden that's not there no more, and I understand we all can't do it forever. When that's not there anymore whoever comes in is not going to be able to, to, to fill those shoes for quite some time. I'm sure, um, you know, and, and, and I don't really recall, but I'm sure Michael peep fans were not fans of Michael Cole um, and his commentary when he started, because you had the Jim Rosses and the Jerry, the King Lawlers, and you had all of these guys. And Michael started as a backstage uh, interview guy Yep. And he's now probably one of the best commentators, you know, play by play guy. Um, you know, I thought um, Mauro Ronaldo, I thought he was really good, but he overshadowed your color guy. So you have to have a, a base. You have to have a give and take. Mauro was over the top good, yeah. but that the reason he was over the top and overshadowed everybody is because in, in MMA and Bellator, you really only need that one guy, you know, he basically overshadows everything in, in MMA and Bellator. And then you have the color guy that just will throw in something to the fact of, you know, he's doing a, a particular type of move or something like that. But in, in pro wrestling, it's entirely different. Um, and, and the commentating crew, I think it's going to take a long time for anybody to, to get used to what you've got on Monday Night Raw. Um, you know, I'm shocked how fast uh, um, the SmackDown, what's his name, just fit in so well. Um, we were just talking about him. Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee, thank you. I had a brain fart there. Um, how, how fast he fit in so well. But I think he fits in so well because he is – an actual fan first. Um, and, and, you know, he's business second. Anybody that follows the Pat McAfee show knows what you see on Friday night is what you get from 12 to three 
on a daily basis uh, on the Pat McAfee show. He is a nut job. He is, he is a head case um, and he is hilarious. And he yeah. brings that to SmackDown. Yeah. And he does a fantastic job. I mean, I, I, if they ever switch the teams up, I feel like him and Corey Graves would be probably best to work together. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I, yeah like, I'm sorry. Corey would have to, Corey would have to be the play-by-play. Yeah. And that's where I was going to go with that, but he also has to be a heel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Pat, see, Pat, thing. Pat's kind of being the heel though. If you, if you kind of follow him and, and Michael, he's, he, he's, he's one way, one week, he's another way, another week. And I think they're trying to, as they're coaching him, because I'm sure when he goes in there on Fridays, he's getting coached. I'm sure when the show is over, they're giving him feedback. They're trying to push him more and more to be a heel, but he's just in love with everybody that he, when he wants to be happy, he's going to be happy. And when he wants to try and be a wise ass, he's going to be a wise ass. And, you know, Bobby, the brain was all in love with all heels all the time. And he hated all the, the baby faces all the time. Whereas you don't know when you have an upcoming match where Pat McAfee is going to fall in this. And that's why, like I said, I don't know what his love uh, fascination with booze is, um, you know, Rick booze, but uh, I, I'd, I'd love to know. Cause I, other than him coming out that one time, I, we don't know why he's there, what he's doing, how yeah. he fits into the mix um nakamura doesn't speak english and he doesn't speak japanese so how you know but again this is this is part of that wwe being wweing it they're not explaining to you why i should like rick booze other than pat mcafee acts like a a a complete idiot and and i love watching him do it he fangirls for the guy yeah totally you know it's but it's cool to see at the same time too, because he's giving the color commentary team, uh, you know, almost like they can have their own storylines. Like we've seen it before with Jr. or not Jr. with uh, uh, Jerry the King Lawler and Michael Cole. Michael Cole, yeah. Uh, you know, but um, I feel like they could have their own thing going on. You know, we've you know we've seen it in the past. Why not? try and you know bring that back up i think it'd be fantastic and we know pat can kind of do some stuff in the ring yeah pat can go you know we saw that on nxt he's phenomenal he's he's got the gift of gab yeah yeah gab and um i think raw needs to kind of look at the SmackDown commentary team to see what they're doing and how they're acting and their mannerisms and everything like that. And say, okay, we need to do some of this because like you'll have times where Corey Graves does kind of the same thing. He's a heel. And then, you know, you have moments that you're like, okay, he, he, you know, he likes, you know, he's, he's more into the heels, but then when he starts going at it with, with, with uh, Braxton there, you're just sitting there kind of going like, yeah, shut him up. I don't want to hear him. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then he's like, he, then to you, he's a face. And he's like, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know, it's just like, uh, the I, same I, way when we had Adnan Verk. Uh, yeah. Corey, Corey was putting Adnan Verk in his place. And while Corey's supposed to be the heel and the, the cocky 
SOB that you're not supposed to like, <laughs> we were happy to watch him put Adnan in his place. It was, you know, you couldn't help but, but that was the that was the cluster that they had on Monday Night Raw. What you know, SmackDown's hit a home run with with Pat McAfee, and and yeah. I think when we start to get um, number one live fans back in the building, the place is going to go nuts for him. Anyone that's been to a live SmackDown or Raw or pay per view. Before that show, before the pay-per-view starts, they do the, everyone gets a theme song, everyone gets introduced, so Michael Cole will come out, and then Pat McAfee will come out. That place is going to erupt when he comes out, and that's only going to get Pat that much more jacked up, because I know Pat as a football player. I remember Pat on the Indianapolis Colts when I was working for the New York Giants. He was a talent not necessarily a football, not just a football talent. He was a talent, like a wrestler talent with a mouth on him on the field. He is going to get jacked up when that crowd uh, roars for him, when he comes out that very first opening show SmackDown, when they, when they have fans, it's, it's going to be great. His commentary is only get going to get better from that because he's going to feed off the people. Oh yeah. He's going to feed off the fans a hundred percent. And, and I think that's when you'll see a wrestler do something to you know maybe bump them and it's going to lead in you know week after week we'll have that issue and and it will lead up to one of the major four pay-per-views where he's going to have to fight yeah yeah i i i agree and you know one of those could uh very well be adam cole again but who knows we'll see when it when that happens uh speaking of smackdown we had sonia deville in the ring at one point and she's talking about the women's money in the bank match you know that's coming up that's uh july 18th i believe uh she announces a participant that kind of shocked everybody that not even the dirt sheets got wind of thank god because i'm tired of things being spoiled like uh surprises and stuff like that and fans if you haven't watched smackdown um it's been two days, so this is not a spoiler anymore. So sorry. Selena Vega is announced money in the bank ladder match. Now, was that really Selena Vega or did they bring back midget wrestling? (laughs) Because that Selena Vega couldn't get her head over the second rope. So I was just wondering, you know, Lord Littlebrook, Back WrestleMania three, he he was about as tall as uh, Selena Vega um, <laughs> on Friday night. But yes, Selena is back. Um, so I guess I guess Andrade uh, or whatever they're calling him in AEW didn't get his wish. She's not she's not going to be by his side at AEW now. I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know there was a. Uh, have you ever heard of those? Uh, you know, where people, people will like make a meme and be like, well, that didn't go well. She made a tweet literally before getting released by WWE eight months ago. And that tweet, and that tweet was, I support unionization. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, when I got on and posted about her returning on our Facebook page, perched on the top rope, 
the comments were not good for her. They were all sold out. You sold out. What happened to, to supporting unions? <laughs> and then somebody made a very good uh, comment. It was something along the lines of, you see how well people talk about you when you're when they no longer need you however in this case she told them how she felt before getting released but she went back so it's not the case of them needing her it's more of the case of her needing them and from my from what i've seen a lot of fans are actually more outraged that she's back in wwe than actually happy she's back in wwe well everybody loves that wwe check and i think if we take a long hard look at it and i'm sure no one will i mean unless somebody on the AEW side wants to come out with it um i will pretty much guarantee you that they didn't offer her what she wanted. And when she realized she wasn't going to get that check from the billionaire, Tony Khan, then you stick your head between your legs and you go back to where you were. Now here's the awkward part and we'll get to the unionization thing in a minute. Um, but they just canned her husband and she's just like, okay, well, one of us has to get that $900,000 check, so might as well be me. Um, but when it, comes to the, when it comes to the unionization thing, and I always get a kick out of this, and, and I know Vince gets a kick out of it too, the reason that the unionization thing never really bothers Vince is because in order to unionize, you have to have everyone, everyone in agreement. If one person is not in agreement, the union is busted. That's why, you know, it only works in certain, in certain areas like teachers and construction workers and things of that nature. Um, you know, wrestling unionization will never, ever, ever work because the reason it didn't work way back with Hulk Hogan and the reason Jesse the Body got in trouble, if you will, for it, is because Vince always knew he had Hulk Hogan in his back pocket. Hulk Hogan was never going to unionize. Hulk, you want to give up? Because in, also in order to unionize, you have to understand the guys at the top making the top dollars going to have to lower their money to make it even for everybody. That's how you unionize. You Everything becomes a checks and balances. So the guys that are making seven figures at the top and the Matt Cardona's, and I'm just using him as an example because you mentioned him making four to five hundred thousand dollars. The guys like a John Cena making two point three over here, and Matt Cardona getting four hundred thousand here. You got to level those out. Do you think a John Cena wants to level himself out with a Matt Cardona? Do you think a a, uh, a Brock Lesnar wants to unionize himself and level himself out to a Matt Cardona? Do you think a Hulk Hogan back in the day when he was getting these ridiculous checks that no one was seeing wants to union himself out to a Cowboy Bob Orton 
or or an Iron Mike Sharp. It's just it, that's why a union doesn't work. So Zelina Vega could say whatever she wants about unionization. And and this is the funny thing about it is they think by saying that it actually upsets Vince. If you knew how unions worked, you would realize that Vince just doesn't that doesn't bother him. You know, yeah. there's a lot of other things you could accuse Vince of um, that might upset him and might upset a lot of other people. But when you throw out that, oh, you know, I believe in unionizations, it's never going to work. And, 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 you know, let's look at our friends uh, over in Jacksonville. Do you think Matt and Nick Jackson, Cody Rhodes, Brandy Rhodes, Kenny Omega want to unionize themselves and level themselves out to, I don't know, uh, uh, Kip Sabian or somebody like that who's, who's probably getting, you know, a thousand bucks or two thousand bucks a show when they're getting ten thousand? I don't think so. So, you know, the unionization thing, it's, that's been thrown around for years like it's some kind of bad word. It's not. It's, it's a joke. You can't unionize, um, you know, pro wrestling. The only thing I thought of, and it's only because I'm in it, and believe it or not, a lot of other wrestlers are too, is uh, the Actors Union SAG. I'm in mm-hmm. that. I, I've, done, uh, I've been in movies and stuff like that. Shameful plug, ladies and gentlemen, this has nothing to do with wrestling, but if you go to Amazon Prime, go watch Odd Man Rush, the movie. I'm in it. If you like hockey, it's based on a novel. Go go watch it. It's cool. Is it on? Where do I get that? Uh, Odd Man Rush is on Amazon Prime. Oh, I got Amazon Prime. Yes. All right. Now I know what I'm doing with the dogs tonight. Sweet. Um, and if you like uh, Letter Kenny, uh, the guy who plays Riley is one of the main hockey stars uh, in that movie, which is pretty cool. So I got to work with him. Um, uh, that's the only union I could ever see actually working. Uh, but then, you know, because wrestling in some sort of essence does have acting in it with the promos and, and you know, some of the stuff like that. But it's also very physical and this and that. And you're not going to get everybody from that union who's who's in that kind of tip top shape. But there are, you know, others that are involved. But I don't again, this is something that there would be a lot of people having their hands in when it comes to that, Uh, you know, because if they did unionize, a union rep could sit there and say, "Okay, well, we have a bunch of guys who, who uh, you know, work as, you know, not background people, but, you know, they're the ones that take the falls and the dives for the main actors, the stunt doubles. We're going to bring some of these stunt doubles in and they're going to, we're going to see if they can wrestle. And if they can, they're, they're in your company now. And you, yep. have a, you know, you don't have a say about it. We're going to give them a contract. Well, and also, let me ask you this. What do you think of the fact that, you know, we've talked about the possibility of NBC Universal or Disney purchasing WWE? And if either one of those had to purchase them, I would venture to say they would they would push everyone into the Screen Actors Guild. 
Um, yeah. So therefore, maybe we have to chop a lot of uh, fat out of the out of the WWE product, so that when we do purchase it, we're we're entering. I don't know, a hundred people into the Screen Actors Guild instead of 500, um, you know, and that sort of thing. Yeah. And I, I, I agree because the other thing I thought about is, you know, as I had brought it up with, with SAG and, and the Actors Guild and stuff like that, who's to say that, okay, well, we have you under our contract. You're in the Actors Union. You're going to come do some of our shows if, if we're not using you for wrestling right now. You know, hey, um, this Disney show needs a couple of people. You're going to be an extra for the day and you're only going to get one hundred and eighty dollars because that's what we pay extras. Yep. You know? Yep. And they could do that. They could do that. I just want to give a nice shout out to uh, Sergeant Slaughter, who just liked one of our tweets from Perched on the Top Rope. Ladies and gentlemen, you can follow us on Twitter at Perched Top Rope. Thank you, Sergeant Slaughter. Was I involved in that tweet? It's probably because of me. Um, Sarge loves me. It was a um, what we did on Facebook, Instagram, uh, um, Twitter, and on TikTok today was a 4th of July themed uh, posts. So what, what I did was I had taken all these uh, various pro wrestlers who are very Americana and in, in everything, the Hulk Hogan's hacksaw, Jim Duggins, mm -hmm. uh, macho man, when he was on raw and wore that red, white, and blue outfit sting, Tori Wilson, um, all these patriotic wrestlers, including the Patriot stars and stripes with buff Bagwell, uh, even Matt Cardona, when he, uh, on a 4th of July episode of raw, uh, wore the sting slash macho man inspired, fourth of july gear uh so I, I i did a lot of these posts and there was one sergeant slaughter's holding the american flag he's got his hand over his heart with the national anthem and uh just stuff like that just to you know it's a patriotic day so hey there's there's patriotic wrestlers out there why not show them some love too and he happened to be one of them absolutely even if he did def defect to iraq once well, I mean, I wasn't going to bring that up. But... <laughs> Way to go, Sarge. Cat's out of the bag now. Sorry. No. Oh, but... man. But, yeah, no, I mean, and, and, and you know, and I'll go back to, to uh, and I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on, on Perched on the Top Rope, but one of the things that, that Vince tried to put forth was a, a retirement plan for talents and things like that. Um, and I was one of the guys that actually tried to assist in that. And as much money as these guys were making, the, the little amount that they would have had to contribute to their retirement plan to have millions within 10 years was, was you know, it was nothing. It was probably what you and I might equate to five, five, $25 to $100, okay, yeah. um, for these guys. And none of them wanted to do it. They just wanted things to be given to them. When you're making a half a million dollars or a million dollars, whatever the case may be, plus you're getting a downside, plus you're getting T-shirts and you're getting action figures and you're getting all this fun stuff, you know, invest in yourself. 
don't just keep having your hand out expecting things to be given to you. People work for for regular companies and go to work nine to five on a regular basis and they contribute to their own retirement plan. They contribute to their own insurance. Um, you know, if you're making a million dollars or half a million dollars or $400,000, you should be doing the same thing. So, you know, cry union all you want, but, uh, you know, we, we saw how far that got her when Vince said, would you like your job back? Yeah. Yeah. And she ain't uh, TikToking anymore. Is she? Well, no, the interesting thing was, and this was brought up a couple months ago, maybe three, four months ago, she was spotted in Florida at the Performance Center, or she was spotted at, up in Connecticut. She was at one of the two. Um, and then fans noticed she stopped streaming on Twitch mm -hmm. during that month, which kind of says she probably signed her contract back then, and they were just waiting for the right time to bring her back. Yeah. And I'm surprised they brought her back now and didn't wait. Uh, don't they go on the road this coming week? Isn't it? Uh... So um, this July 9th is the final uh, uh, Thunderdome for SmackDown. Okay. That's it. And then Sunday, the 18th is uh, Money in the Bank. But then what, what's the 16th? I believe after uh, the 16th, I think is the first live crowd, which is that SmackDown. Okay. Which is, which is what I was getting to. I'm surprised yeah. they didn't hold her back until that as like the last, maybe the last entrant in the, in the yeah. money in the bank for the women um, um, to just get that crowd pop. But they, yeah, they didn't do her any favors, though. They announced her coming back, which was cool. And, you know, she comes down the entry ramp and all that. And the thing is, how do you bring somebody back, announce them for money in the bank, have her lose right away? <laughs> she lost that night to Liv Morgan, who then Liv Morgan went on a spat. I'm the one who should be in money in the bank, ladder match, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Um, totally understandable i'd be mad too but it's like you're 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 bringing selena vega up and then you just crashed around the same night that's that that's that old the old Vinny fu welcome back you're about to take it you're gonna have to take a few gonna have to take a few on the chin real quick i mean i assume she's gonna take she ain't winning money in the bank no, but what I'm assuming is is that she's going to end up being one of the ones who takes one of the bigger bumps in the match. Sure, and I think she'll she'll put forth probably you know one of what do they got in there seven or eight of them. Um, yeah, she'll be one of the three with the lowest betting odds. Um, you know, but you could put Liv Morgan in there; she's not going to win it. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, here's the other thing I don't get too with SmackDown. You know, and, and I give SmackDown all the credit in the world being as good of a show as it is. Why is why is Sonya just going out and just entering people in this match instead of having them compete for it? Whereas on yeah. Raw, they're they're having matches, whether it's tag matches or I mean, Riddle competed in a battle royal and everything to help Randy get in the thing. <coughs> how, how, why? Why is Sonya just coming out and just arbitrarily saying, well, this one's going to be in the women's money in the bank? I was trying to figure that part out too. Cause like I, you know, when I watched on raw, I was like, man, riddle 
has now wrestled twice, just not even for him. That's to get Randy in, which is fine, you know, but I feel like they kind of messed up on that. Like, I feel like what they should have done is exactly what you said, not this week, but, you know, make her the last entrant in it. Have Liv Morgan doing this. Why hasn't the final person, why hasn't there been a final qualifying match? I should be in it. I should be in it. I should be in it. And then finally, Sonya goes, all right, you'll be in it. You'll have a mystery opponent tonight. And this is on the 16th in front of a live crowd. Then yep. you bring Selena Vega out and you have yep. Selena win the match instead of losing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 again, I'm baffled as to why they brought her back so soon. Um, you know, if she is under contract, like, like she obviously is, cause we don't do, we don't do uh, one-offs. Um, I would have held her back till the 16th with the live crowd. It just doesn't make sense. Or you go into the pay-per-view with the live crowd and you tell everybody there's going to be a mystery entrant. Yeah. And you, you, you know, and who's, the, and she's the last one to come out. Yeah. And pop the crowd that way. Uh, I would, I would say for this match right now, the betting odds um, are down to Alexa bliss and Oscar. And the only reason why I say that is because I saw a thing that, you know, WWE Fox Twitter account did was a, uh, not a meme, but they did an image on one side was Alexa Bliss, on the other side was Asuka, and it said, who's more likely to become the first two-time women's money in the bank winner? So they're already planning to have one of those two win, in my opinion. If you're putting something out like that, you've got your mind made up. It's one of those two, and I'm kind of already betting on Alexa Bliss because she's got that whole demonic character thing that she's been doing. And isn't Carmella in the money in the bank too? Yes, she is. And she would be a three-time. Yeah, and they're they're not, they don't have this image was Alexa Bliss, um, Asuka. Which one's more likely to win it for the second time? And I mean, I understand, like, I count Carmella having won it twice because they had, you know, the first time James Ellsworth pulled it off and then dropped it down to where, oh, we got to do it again. All right, well, you do it again. She still wins. Yeah, uh, I don't know if they actually count her as a two-timer, though. I mean, in theory, yeah, she's won it twice. Because they didn't strip it from her. They didn't strip it. They didn't say, no, we're taking it back. You know, okay, but even even if she only won I could have swore she won it two years. Did we only have three women money in the banks? I thought she won two different years. It's, it's Asuka, Alexa Bliss, and Carmella have been the only ones. I'll pull it up right now. Um, just just to have a, a good bird's eye view to make sure that. And if that's the case, then why didn't you include Carmella, WWE Fox? I would have included Carmella. Yeah. Not that she's going to win either, but. Okay, so that's the July 18th one. So and where's where's Sasha Banks in all of this? Where's where's yeah. Bailey in all of this? Where's uh, Mandy Rose in all of this? Where's uh, Charlotte Flair in all of this? Um, you know, there's a lot of 
uh, other talent that I think has to, um, you know, play a factor in, 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 in this money in the bank. Okay. So here, here is the interesting thing about this. They have on Wikipedia, they actually have Carmela down as twice. She was, it, it was for 2017. Um, they have her in 2017 winning it, winning it twice on Wikipedia, which would mean they counted her winning it from when Ellsworth pulled it off, but then they also counted her winning again that 2017. Alexa Bliss won it in 2018. In 2019, it was uh, Bailey in 2019. And then in 2020, it was Asuka. Okay, so they only had four of them. Okay. I'm just thinking back because I did a signing. I did a signing with Carmella and the pictures that I used was her sitting on top of the ladder holding the, the money in the bank briefcase, which could have been from SmackDown. I don't know yeah. why I thought it was from the pay-per-view. Uh, I remember the Ellsworth thing because he dressed up like Oscar. Yeah. And, and did the whole thing. But I the pictures I have and I still have a few of them over here in my office are her sitting on top of the ladder holding the, the briefcase, straddling yeah. the ladder. Yeah. Um, I, that's probably the SmackDown one. Yeah, but they've... So Wikipedia actually has her down as twice. So yeah, technically, I guess if you counted it, she would be the first three-time winner. Yeah. You know, but they're... They had this asphyxiation with uh, Alexa Bliss and Asuka. And I was just like, okay. But yeah. I mean... I, there's still so many other talent that has to be put into this, this women's money in the bank match that I, you could talk about it for now, unless Alexa bliss is going to use her powers from the unknown to, to uh, figure out how to wiggle the box off and, and fly into her hands, which would be something I wouldn't, I wouldn't put past WWE, WWE in that um, where they just kind of zap the briefcase into her arms. Yeah, and I mean, that's already got uh, that whole thing already has fans in an uproar with Alexa Bliss doing that whole uh, Papa Shango like thing. Uh, uh, and that's 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 WWE doing what WWE wants to do. And I like the character and everything she's doing. I just, there hasn't been a lot of the storytelling behind it. Mm-hmm. for me um so it's like one of those things like if you you haven't watched wrestling in a while and you tune in and all of a sudden there's this good looking woman who now looks like a dead <laughs> zombie <looking laughs> and she's just and all of a sudden you see this dude with nia jacks just slap the heck out of her and then she slaps him back and then you're just going what am i watching and and wait wait for it and you've got the super the superhero in training, what was oh, she? Ash, but she's but but I all I kept thinking of was was um, Ron Ronnie, not not our truth, but the other Ronnie that was with uh, uh, Hurricane uh, Rodney when he, Rodney, Rodney when he was the superhero in training, the S H I T. Yes, and that's what this gimmick exactly is, the S H I T S. Yeah, um, 
I, I made some fun memes over on our Facebook and Twitter page. Uh, <laughs> She's not in the Marvel group, no. Uh, with Marvel and uh, <laughs> the X-Men cartoon show and, and even Batman and Robin I did something with. But um, a lot of fans were in an uproar, but then there was other fans that were like, this was her idea. And I go, listen, man, I'm not believing a promo that she cut on raw, that this was her idea. There's no way. I'm not okay. Gonna- and, and listen, if it was, if it was, listen, we we all come up with bad ideas from time to time. I've done it. You know, Vince has done it. We've all had bad ideas. Again, it goes back to the producers to sit down with Nikki Patter on the head and say, sweetheart, I'm sorry. That, da, da, da. Yeah. Why don't we, why don't we go back to the drawing board on that one? She looks like the, the cop Paw Patrol. <laughs> hey wait a minute i like that dog i mean i do too but that's what she looks like you know? <laughs> she reminds me when you said batman she does remind me a lot of like adam west and burt ward i'm just waiting for her to like crawl up the side of the of the thunderdome i have that i have that meme i'll send it to you after with her with <laughs> it's hilarious <laughs> it's just it's one of those things i mean with Hurricane, it worked. It was it, it was cool. And then you know when he brought Rodney on, um, you know from Three Minute Warning there. Yeah, and it, Molly it, Holly. And Molly Holly, it worked. It worked. Yeah. We're in a different time now. Things- That's the thing. It was a different time. You know, this is more. This is more like Hurricane meets Eugene. Yeah, and. and- if you're trying to give her a more serious role with this, it's like good luck. Yeah. You just, you just had her beat Charlotte Flair four weeks in a row. Four. Mm-hmm. Charlotte's the mecca of women's wrestling in WWE. Then you have her beat Rhea Ripley. On top of that, the women's raw women's champion. Come on. A She's the superhero hero. in training. Yeah, she's something in training, all right. <laughs> I don't know if superhero is the right word, but I don't know. It's, I guess we'll have to wait and see where it goes. Tell Hopefully you what, if Disney buys, if Disney buys WWE, she's going straight to the top. And then she's probably got her own sitcom after that. Absolutely. That's so, that's so, uh, Nikki. But what, what's her name? <laughs> you know, but like one of the things I noticed, like, they had her debut that teaming with Alexa bliss. I know like the zombie voodoo kin magic looking thing against Charlotte flair. And, uh, Rhea Ripley. And it's a money in the bank qualifying match. Like how does, one Rhea can't even qualify. She's a champion. Yeah. But then are you trying to tell are you trying to tell us something? <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm just kind of I'm sitting there, I'm like, um, I'm missing something or I I'm not getting it. But I mean it's neither here nor there, but uh it is what it is. WWE is gonna WWE and that's a good example of it, whether it's her idea or not, but uh someone probably should have said, Hey. If you're having her team with Alexa Bliss, why didn't you have her go back to the running wild, like sanity type thing? Or why not turn her demonic too? put the, the, yeah. the colored contacts in her and, you know, like 
Alexa got to her because they were they tagged together before and they you know in everything but I mean I don't it was I just thought the whole thing was bad timing to be honest with you it just didn't it was one of those like okay it's a good show but I, I, this part doesn't make sense to me I'm not I'm not yep. understanding why why are you doing this like it just I don't know um, maybe I've watched wrestling for too long that's 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 the big thing it's the stuff that 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 you know we liked and we did in the 80s didn't work in the in the 90s and 2000s and the stuff that we did in the late 90s early 2000s isn't going to work now times times change um you know and and you can't you know i don't even think the 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 hulk hogan type of a character would go over um the way it did back when he was on top of his game um you know and 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 you know i and we, while I think DX would go over and a Steve Austin would go over, it, it, it won't go over with the market that we're, we're working with because we've got shareholders we have to worry about. And we've got, uh, you know, the PTC that you have to worry about and all these things nowadays. So, uh, but going back to a superhero gimmick and, and a demonic gimmick, you know, that's not Undertaker um or Kane. Uh I don't I don't think, you know, but there's only so much there's also only so much, you know, one guy versus one guy we can have. So ultimately we gotta we gotta come up with characters and gimmicks sometimes, somehow. Yeah. But Bruce Bruce is doing too much podcasting and and too little uh, uh coming up with uh dis- decent characters. Brucey, get on the job. Call me. Yes. <laughs> and then Rob can bring me along for the ride. That's it. I got my own team. I got my own team. I would have, I would actually have an international deal with, with pro wrestling Noah uh, and new Japan. If I was, if I was put in charge and that is, that is one of the things that, um, you know, down the road, maybe Mr. Me and Mr. Bob Iger will discuss. I like that. I like that. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen, I think it's about that time that uh... – oh, never mind. Alex isn't here. I'm going to have to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you can find us on Facebook, Perched on the Top Rope. Find us on Twitter, Perched Top Rope. Instagram, Perched Top Rope. We are on TikTok at Perched on the Top Rope. You can find us on YouTube, Perched on the Top Rope. Awesome interviews there. Uh, in one of our latest videos is Where Are They Going? as we play the game of where will the recently WWE WWE released talent go? Will they go to the Indies, Ring of Honor, MLW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, AAA? They could go AEW, Impact. Or they just leave the business and that's it. But if you want to find out Rob and Alex's first thoughts, that, that part one is on YouTube at Perched on the Top Rope. You can find us anywhere podcasts are done apple spotify red circle stitch everything is perched on the top rope ladies and gentlemen rob are you ready for this in three two one spoiler Spoiler free is the the way way to to be be. we're We're out. out